Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 196 of The Informed Catholic. And I would like it if you uh, subscribe and share. It would be a great help to me, and uh, it would help this podcast grow. And, um, well, let's hope you do that. And if you think I'm doing a great job, I really would appreciate it. So let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Church and Terror of Demons, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil and pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. All right, so I have an article here from The Remnant, and I want to say thank you, Remnant. I wish I got the young lady's name. Um, they actually called me up. Uh, they responded to my uh, phone call and they gave me permission. I want to thank everyone in the remnant for giving me permission to use your articles on the Informed Catholic podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And yes, I will always make sure to give credit where credit is due. I'm going to use an article here from the remnant. It's from Sunday, November 8th, 2020, the Remnant National Catholic Newspaper established 1967. And it's it's written by Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop. Uh, You've heard a lot about him. Remember, he was actually uh, Tucker Carlson. I just did a podcast on that one. Um, He he made mention to... uh, the Archbishop, um, and I think it's great because it's showing, um, okay, usually like Sherlock Holmes says in his, in the stories of Sherlock Holmes and by uh, Conan Doyle, um, sometimes you have to eliminate all possibilities and sometimes the impossible is the most obvious conclusion. Well, as we can see what's happened, all right, no one thought we would wind up in this crazy mess, but certain things have, clues have been left along the way. Right from the beginning of the Trump presidency, they accused him, they accused of Russian collusion, Russian interference in the election. Do you hear anything now about Russian interference in the election? No. As a matter of fact, what have uh, remember how everyone says that it might take a while to find out who won the election because everybody knew the mail-in ballots were coming in. Hillary Clinton tells Joe Biden not to concede on any uh, any circumstances. Is everybody has has any of the media made any uh, has has that anybody pointed that out that Hillary Clinton said that. And you don't even hear Hillary Clinton. She's silent, right? Mitch McConnell pointed that out. 
And now we have something that looks like it comes out of a movie. Dominion. What a name for a computer system. Dominion. A software program designed for Venezuela. For the for, for the for Venezuelan election. We, the United States of America, the greatest country in the whole world, for our election system, we're using something called Dominion, designed for a South American country, a dictatorship. Bernie Sanders' favorite place, by the way, everybody seems to be forgetting that, where it's designed to rig an election. And by the way, for some reason, could someone explain why our, our ballots are sent to Germany by Dominion to be counted? Why, why all this jumping around? Nobody's talking about it. Suddenly now we do have foreign interference in the election system. Why are people walking up to vote in person and finding out that they already cast a vote? They already, they already voted. How is that happening to people? There was I was listening to a fellow um, in uh, the Blue Collar Logic uh, he lives in a, what do you call it? What are those, um, what do you call homes on wheels? I guess um system, he calls it a hobo jobo. <laughs> he lives in California. He went to vote in person and he found out that he already cast a ballot. Could everybody have memory losses? Is everybody suffering from something? No, it's all, it's all been done. It's all done just for, for, for manipulation. And, and, and the funny part is they're, they're asking for evidence. Well, this, this uh, anomaly, this abuse is evidence. The fact that uh, districts that have only had a 60, 63% of voter turnout suddenly went up, skyrocketed to like 130 and all leaning to Joe Biden. The, the, let's face it, our Lord and our Blessed Lady have revealed this abuse. It's a good thing. It's a good sign. Corruption, what is done in the shadows in the dark, shall be exposed to the light. What was What is whispered in the dark should be shouted on the rooftops. That's exactly what we want. And thank God. All right. So let's look at this article by the Archbishop Vigano on Biden, the American bishops, Father James Martin and other occupants of the Castle of Falsehood, written by Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop, November, Sunday, November 8th, 2020. The world in which we find ourselves living in, to use an expression from the gospel, in Se Divisium, Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, this division, it seems to me, consists of a split between reality and fiction. Objective reality on one side, 
and the fiction of the media on the other. I like the way it's starting. You see, this is this is someone who has faith and reason. And the fiction of the media on the other. This certainly applies to the pandemic, which has been used as a tool of social engineering that is instrumental to the Great Reset. But it applies even more to the surreal American political situation in which the evidence of a colossal electoral fraud is being censored by the media, which now proclaims Joe Biden's victory as an accomplished fact. We read this before, but I'm going to read it again. The reality of COVID is blatantly in contrast with what the mainstream media wants us to believe. But this is not enough to dismantle the grotesque castle of falsehoods to which the majority of the population conforms with the resignation. In a similar way, the reality of electoral fraud, of blatant violations of the rules, and the systematic falsification of the results contrast with the narrative given to us by the information giants who say that Joe Biden is the new president of the United States, period. And so it must be. There are no alternatives either to the supposed devastating fury of seasonal flu that caused the same number of deaths at last, uh, at, as last year or to the inevitable inevitability of the election of candidates who is corrupt and subservient to the deep state. In fact, Biden has already promised to restore the lockdown. All right, let's continue. You have to admit one thing about the Archbishop, and let me say this. he, Archbishop Vigano is very, very much up to date on what's happening in, the, in America. In the election system, he's very, he's very well aware, aware of Joe Biden, who Joe Biden is, and he's very well aware of what's happening in the, uh, the Catholic Church in America with the bad bishops. He knows he's well aware of, Joe, of James Martin. Rainbow Martin. So let's continue. Reality no longer matters. It is absolutely irrelevant when it stands between the conceived plan and its realization. COVID and Biden are two holograms, two artificial creations ready to be adapted time and time again to contingent needs or respectively replaced when necessary, with COVID-21 and Kamala Harris. The accusations of irresponsibility thrown at Trump supporters for holding rallies vanish as soon as Biden supporters gather in the streets, as has already happened for BLM, that is Black Lives Matter demonstrations. What is criminal for some people is permitted for others, without explanations, without logic, without rationality. The mere fact of being on the left, of voting for Biden or putting on the mask is a pass to do anything. While simply being on the right, voting for Trump or questioning the effectiveness of masks is sufficient reason for condemnation and an execution that does not require any evidence or a trial. They are ipso facto labeled as fascists. 
sovereignists, populists, deniers, and those labeled with, with these social stigmas are supposed to simply silently withdraw. We thus return to that division between good people and evil people that is ridiculed when it is used by one side, ours, and conversely held up as an incontestable postulate when used by our adversaries. We have seen this with the contemptuous comments responding to my words about the children of light and the children of darkness, as if my apocalyptic tones were the fruit of a raving mad mind and night and not the simple observation of reality, but by disdainfully, disdainfully rejecting this biblical division of humanity, they have to actually they have actually conformed it, restricting to themselves alone the right to give the stamp of social, political, or religious legitimacy. Uh, a couple of uh, let me stop here. When he what he's referring to about the children of light and the children of darkness. A um, couple of months back, because he wrote a letter to Donald Trump, which I already read to you in the last episode, a nun, um, very liberal, Carmelite nun, Italian woman, I remember, who did eat, who did, who does not dress in habits, does not even dress like a nun. You wouldn't know she's a nun. Um, just like that sister Campbell, I believe her name was, she um, doesn't dress like a nun either. She's a lawyer and uh, she's definitely a very left-leaning person, the one who spoke at the Democratic Convention. But there was another one who is an activist. These, She didn't like the fact that he used these terms, Archbishop Vigano, of children of light and children of darkness. You know, she felt that they were... It was too black and white. They don't like the idea of light and darkness because it means that there's evil and there's good. And, you know, relativistic people don't, don't, like, don't like to be restricted to, to, to these terms of good and evil. Justice and injustice is easier. That's because that's their religion. This is their religion to believe in this stuff, to believe, to constantly fight against nature, to constantly fight against these things. But we all know it's it's really just an excuse to control the world. People who do this are fighting against creation, are fighting against God, and want to remodel the world to their image, which that's exactly what they're doing here. They want to use this as a foothold. They want to use social justice, racism, misogyny, uh, economic injustice, poverty as a means to reshape, remodel the world, restructure the world into their own image. They're control freaks. Look what's happening here in New York with, with uh, Andrew Cuomo. Look what's happening in uh, Michigan with the governor there. She wants another shutdown. They want another shutdown. They want, you know, they, they feel the government is the answer to everything. And God didn't do it like Andrew Cuomo said. We did it. God didn't do it. We did it. All right, let's continue. Um, 
All right, so here. They are the good ones, even if they support killing of the innocent. See? And we are supposed to get over it. They are the ones supporting democracy, even if in order to win elections, they must always resort to deception and fraud. Even fraud that is blatantly evident. They are the defenders of freedom. Even if they deprive us of it day after day, they are objective and honest, even if their corruption and their crimes are now obvious even to the blind. The dogma that they despise and deride in others is indisputable and inconvertible in, 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 in when, when, when it is they who promote it. Okay, this is very interesting. All right, let me just go back one one paragraph and read that again. We thus return to the division between good people and evil people. That is ridiculed when it is used by one side, ours, and converses and conversely held up as an incontestable postulate when used by our adversaries. We have seen this with the contemptuous comments responding to my words about the children of light and the children of darkness as if my apocalyptic tones were the fruit of a ravingly mad mind and not, not the simple observation of reality. But by disdainfully rejecting this biblical division of humanity, they have actually conformed it, restricting to themselves alone the right to give the stamp of social, political, and religious legitimacy. They are the good ones, even if they support killing of the innocent, and we are supposed to get over it. They are the ones supporting democracy, even if in order to win elections, they must always resort to deception and fraud, even fraud that is blatantly evident. They are the defenders of freedom, even if they deprive us of it after a day after day. They are objective and honest, even if their corruption and their crimes are now obvious even to the blind. The dogma that they despise and deride in others is indisputable and inconvertible when it is they who promote it. But as I have said previously, they are forgetting a small detail, a particular that they cannot understand. The truth exists in itself. I love this part. It exists regardless of whether there is someone who believes it because the truth possesses in itself ontologically its own reason for validity. The truth cannot be denied because it is an attribute of God. It is God himself. And everything that is true participates in this primacy over lies. We can thus be theologically and philosophically certain that these deceptions, ours, are numbered. That, okay, certain that these deception hours are numbered because it will be enough to shine light on them to make them collapse. Light and darkness precisely. So let us allow light to be shed on the deception of Biden and the Democrats without taking even one step back.
the fraud that they have plotted against President Trump and against America will not remain standing for long, nor will the worldwide fraud of COVID, the responsibility of the Chinese dictatorship, the complexity of the corrupt and traitors, and the enslavement of the deep church, tot setent, everything fits together. Wow, I love this part. This is a great. You see, he always, I like how the fact that he always counts himself among Americans. Notice what's happening. They want to shut things down. Joe Biden says he will shut everything down. Now, I want to ask you this. If he shuts everything down, who's watching Biden and his administration? Who's keeping an eye on what they're doing behind the curtain? You know, it's like the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain. Well, there's a, I think I like what Giuliani said today, the iron curtain of fraud, the iron curtain of deception, the iron curtain of censorship. Okay, we have an iron curtain of censorship now. The media is not doing its job. They're not investigating this. And even Archbishop Vigano points that out. No one is investigating this electoral fraud. No one is, no one's doing their job because they this is, has been plotted for years. I don't understand what's going on with the media. Maybe the answer is this is this has been happening for years. Maybe this is you know, I mean, first of all, I there has to be some reporters that know what they're doing. But the fact is, if they don't report the news, they're probably afraid they're not going to have a job. And that's the problem. There's a lot of people within the media that is actually deliberately censoring. They're deli- they know they're censoring. And a lot of reporters, I think they know they're doing this. But if they don't do it, they can't pay. They can't pay their rent. It's understandable. All right. So he's saying everything fits together. In this panorama of systematically constructed lies spread by the media with a disturbing impotence, the election of Joe Biden is not only desired, but it is considered indispensable and therefore true and therefore definitive. Even though the vote counts are not completed, even though the vote verifications and recounts are only just beginning, even though the lawsuits alleging fraud have only just been filed. Biden must become president because they have already decided it. The vote of the American people is valid only if it ratifies this narrative. Otherwise, it is reinterpreted, dismissed, and classified drift, populism, and fascism. I may not have pronounced that word very well as placifit, drift, populism, placifit, drift, populism, and fascism. It is therefore not surprising that the Democrats have such coarse and violent enthusiasm for their candidate in pector, nor that the media and the official commentators have such un 
containable satisfaction, nor that political leaders from around the world are expressing their support and uh, support for a deep state. We are watching a race to see who can arrive first, elbowing and sprawling to show up so that they can be seen to have always believed in the crushing victory of the democratic puppet. But if we understand that the so, 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 so I'm sorry, I can't pronounce this word, uh, that the world heads of state, party secretaries uh, is simply part of the trite script of the global left. We are frankly left quite disturbed by the declaration of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops immediately republished by the Vatican News, with which disturbing cross-eyedness credits itself with having support, supported by the second Catholic president in, in, in the history of the United States, apparently forgetting that the not negligible details that Biden is avidly pro-abortion, a supporter of LGBT ideology, and of anti-Catholic globalism, the Archbishop of Los Angeles, Jose H. Gomez, profaning the memory of the Christoris martyrs of his native country, says bluntly, the American people have spoken. The frauds that have been denounced and widely proven matter little. The annoying formality of the vote of the people, albeit adulterated in a thousand ways, must now be considered to be concluded in the favor of the standard bearer of aligned mainstream thought. We have read, not without retching the post of James, uh, retching the, uh, without retching the post of Father James Martin S.J. and all those court courtiers who have, who are pawing to get on Biden's chariot in order to share in his ephemeral triumph those who disagree, uh, disagree, those who ask for clarity, and those who have recourse to the law to see their rights protected do not have any legitimacy and must be silent, resign themselves and disappear, or rather they must be united with the exultant choir, applaud and smile. Those who do not accept are threatening democracy and must be ostracized. As may be seen, there are still two sides, but this time they are legitimate and indisputable because it is they who impose them. It is indicative that the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and Planned Parenthood are both expressing their satisfaction for the presumed electoral victory of the same person. This unanimity of consensus recalls the enthusiastic support of the Masonic Lodges on the occasion of the election of Jorge Mario, Mario Bergoglio, excuse me, on the, the Masonic Lodges on the occasion of the election of Jorge Mario Bergoglio, which was also not free from the shadow of fraud within, within the conclave and was equally desired by the deep state as we know clearly, as we now, as we know clearly from the emails of John Podesta, in the ties of Theodore McCarrick, and his colleagues with the Democrats, and with Biden himself, 
A very nice little group of cronies, no doubt about it. Wow. <laughs> okay. With these words of the USCCB, the pectum scleros plot to commit a crime between the deep state and the deep church are confirmed and sealed. The enslavement of the highest levels of the Catholic hierarchy to the new world order, denying the teaching of Christ and the doctrine of the church, taking note of this, of taking note of this is the first imperative step in order to understand the complexity of the present events and consider them a supernatural eschatological perspective. We know indeed, we firmly believe that Christ, the one true light of the world has already conquered the darkness that obscures it. The American Catholics must multiply their prayers and beg the Lord for a special protection for the president of the United States. I ask priests, especially during these days to recite the exorcism against Satan and the apost uh, the apostate angels and to celebrate votive mass pro defensium eb hestibus. Let us consistently ask for the intervention of the Blessed Virgin Mary and uh, to whose immaculate heart we consecrate the United States of America and the entire world. Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop, November 8th, 2020. Dominica, 23rd, post-Pentecostan, official translation. Wow. All right. I'm going to stop here for a minute. All right. I'm going to give my, um, <clears throat> sorry, my own personal little commentary here. What about the USCCB? the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. The head of the USCCB just gave Joe Biden a, uh, a phone call uh, or even just congratulated. They spoke on the phone. He congratulated him. And the USCCB has uh, acknowledged him as the second American Catholic president. They just acknowledged this guy who has already uh, performed two game weddings. He actually went out and got a license for this, right? So he goes against the faith by going against the faith and supports same-sex marriage or same-sex union. It's not a marriage. It'll never be a marriage, okay? Because it's it was God has never made marriage between two two people of the same sex, he goes against it. This is the guy who claims to be Catholic and carries a rosary in his pocket. The same man who supports abortion up to nine months, who claims to be Catholic and has a rosary and carries a rosary in his pocket. The same guy who receives communion, right? The bishops refuse, refuse to excommunicate him, refuse to, to, uh, to hold communion from him, who supports who supports abortion up to the day of birth and performs same-sex union and calls it marriage, who has a, who holds a rosary in his pocket. They refuse to, to deny him communion, to enforce canon law. All right? They just congratulated him. Are they just being polite? Yeah. They're probably being polite, but at the same time, 
they didn't give their support to Donald Trump, who basically wants to stop abortion. They never gave their their support to him. They never gave their endorsement to him. Someone who's actually been their friend, who's willing to help them, help them. They never gave they never gave the the man Donald President Donald J Trump their support, their endorsement. So you tell me honestly what's going on here. You think to yourself, are the bishops really serious? And the answer is no. They're not. They pretend to be conservative. Okay, Gomez, all right? Jose Gomez, Bishop Gomez is a member of Opus Dei. Now, there are good people in Opus Dei. Michael Voris just did a video, a Vortex video on that. Okay, a good, you know, there are good people, but the but the organization also has uh it's a very secretive organization. It shouldn't be very secretive. I know, you know, it has its uh Da Vinci Code uh history, but it has it has some problems. It has it has some serious problems going on with it. Whatever it is, I don't know. But the point is, Gomez has congratulated Joe Biden and has never given support. The USCCB has never given them given their support to Donald Donald J. Trump, President Trump. There's a you know they they have corrupt bishops. They are corrupt men. They're not serious about conservatism. They're not serious about orthodoxy. Okay? They're not serious. They 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 don't condemn Father James Martin. They many of these men have connections with McCarrick, the former pedophile homosexual cardinal. They have their connections with him. They have their beginnings with him. All right, they're not serious about anything. It's a sad fact that today we are orphaned Catholics. Most conservative Orthodox Catholics, real Catholics, are now orphans. We are spiritual orphans. We have no shepherds. We are shepherdless. We have no leadership. We have we have some leaders, but we have to, we're more like internet orphans now. We're where our, our parish is in the internet. Like someone like me, since the day of my conversion, <clears throat> I have been on my own, spiritually on my own. Basically, I've had friends who guided me. Uh, I've had people like Scott Hahn I had to listen to on cassette tapes and buy his books. Uh, I have, I listen now on the internet, on YouTube. I get my spiritual nourishment and my encouragement from there. Okay, that's, that's I have no choice. That's where I have to go. And 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 I think most Catholics are like that now. When you know, we don't have the proper leadership. Pope Francis is, doesn't care. He believes in a secular humanist Catholicism. Um he's he basically does not believe in the Christ of the Gospels. I know it's a big thing what I'm saying, but it's true. I know some people, most, some Orthodox Catholics, 
who don't want to talk this way about the Holy Father. But you can't ignore ambiguity for so long. All right, people are going to start asking questions. If you don't, if you don't answer, if you don't answer this, we're going to lose people. If you don't, if you don't at least address it, maybe you can't answer all the questions. It's possibly impossible to answer all the questions of what, of the ambiguity, the mixed messages coming from Pope Francis. You have to at least address it, or else you're going to be losing people. You can't ignore it forever. There are a lot of Catholics that just don't know how to deal with it. I mean, they want to remain faithful Catholics in the church, but not. But but uh, you know, at least pointing out to the wrong does not mean you're a bad Catholic. It doesn't mean you stop being a Catholic. Pointing out to the faults of a Pope does not mean we're bad Catholics. It just means we're aware, we're sharp. If Paul himself said it in his letters that he rebuked St. Peter to the face when St. Peter was wrong about something, and it's in the scriptures, then let's not treat the papacy like some kind of spiritual uh, pagan idol. Let's not idolize the papacy. Let's realize that the papacy, the man is a man. Either he is spiritually aware and on his toes, or he is spiritually wrong. It doesn't mean you're a bad Catholic. It doesn't mean you stop being a Catholic. Maybe this is what the Holy Spirit wants. It wants us to, you know, to be a little bit more flexible. To use our intellect and our reasoning more. Some people, I think, because they have, they have abused orthodoxy. Where you can't question the Pope and you can't say these things about the Pope. That's not true. We know Pope John Paul made mistakes. Pope John Paul made Theodore McCarrick a cardinal. All right? he. I think he also made Theodore McCarrick a bishop, I believe. I, I, I'm not too sure, but I could be wrong. And then he becomes a cardinal. And the man walked around under John Paul II with envelopes full of money bribing people now does this mean that john paul messed up that's up to historians to talk about that i mean he's john paul is canonized a saint and some people i know question that i know michael matt and i think he's reasonable there's some things he's reasonable about you know he you know he has he has a lot of good um points and i think it should be addressed i think michael matt has a right to it he has a right to to address this problem you know to bring it out to the light to question it i mean was it right to make him a saint so soon under vatican ii there are really it takes a long i mean in, in the in in the before vatican ii it took years to make someone to a saint a century sometimes, not not within our lifetime. It took 
Thomas More, maybe what, 400 years, 300 years maybe, to make him into a saint. I think it was 1935, 1936 maybe, him and John Fisher together. It took, took, took these, you know, centuries. I mean, Joan of Arc. More than that, I mean, right before World War II. Several hundred years more, maybe like 500 years. Maybe, you know, it took to make to, to make her into a saint. So with within the Vatican II church, John Paul II, not even not even a hundred years, not even 50 years. He hasn't been gone for 50 years and he was made into a saint. You know, it's it's a little bit. You know, it, it's a rush. I mean, it's a rush job with this church, with this with this post-Vatican II church where someone becomes a saint. You know, it, it's a really a rush job. You know, Padre Pio, he had, he you know, he was a holy man. He had all, he had the stigmata. Um, I mean, maybe with the exception of, 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 of Francis of Assisi, you know, it was probably not even, I don't know if it was a hundred years. I'm not too sure about how, how, how fast Francis of Assisi became a saint, but it might've been pretty fast. But the point is, is that it's, everyone is made a saint fast and quick. And Michael Matt has a point there's that, you know, with this Vatican II, uh, post-Vatican II church, it's a serious, serious problem and it has to be addressed. But unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be addressed within this uh, post-conciliar church. I don't think so. You know, I mean, it, I, I, it looks like maybe at some point, maybe not in our lifetime, but the reform of the reform is coming. And, you know, you know when, when I think things get pretty bad, but, you know, it's a serious problem. You know, I mean, this is a kumbaya church right now. You know, it's like everybody, you know, every, you know, you get to be a saint and you get to be a saint. It's like an Oprah Winfrey show, you know, and you get to be a saint. Everybody gets to be a saint. You know, can, you know, we're going to be canonized saints. You know, it's a serious problem. And, it, you know, and it's, and it's something that is, <laughs> it's going to make a lot of people question Morality, ethics, sin, right, holy judgment. It's going to make a lot of people question it. I mean, seriously. And I think the reason we, we got to this mess is because people are not addressing it. If you don't address it, the Holy Spirit is going to force us to address this problem. The Holy Spirit will not be mocked. And this is the problem here. We're, all, we're ignoring these serious issues and it has to be addressed. It has to be addressed now or we're going to be forced to be addressing these, 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 these problems head on, head on when, you know, when it gets worse. One way or another, the Holy Spirit is going to force us to address these problems. Um, okay, I want to play something from Michael Matt. And then once again, I want to thank 
the remnant um, for this, for their permission. I really do. I wish I got the lady's name. Um, you know, I was dealing with something at the time when I was like, you know, I was shocked. They actually called back. So I want to thank you guys. Uh, I want to thank the remnant um, for their permission to using their content, their um, their articles, and, um, you know, uh, their commentary. I really do. I really appreciate it. And I want to, you know, and, and I want to thank these guys, um, you know, for, for calling, for, for actually giving the time to call me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. I'm going to play something. Uh, this is from um, the day after the election uh, from uh, in, in November 4th from uh, Remnant Television. But I want to play uh, their reaction. Uh, and I, I also like what Michael Matt says. So uh, let's give this a shot. And once more, thank you to the Remnant. gentlemen, Michael Matt coming to you once again from the offices of the Remnant newspaper. Well, here we are. Can you sleep last night? No, not at all. No, nobody did. It's rough. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's not a surprise. But I think we need to talk about, you know, real world on the ground reality now. And we need to look at the good and the bad. And actually, there's a lot of good to consider. You know, right now it just seems so dark. Nobody wants to talk about it. But, you know, over over the long haul, over the past couple of years, we've been spending a lot of time uh, talking about this idea of, you know, Christ or chaos. That if a society turns its back on Christ, well, chaos is inevitable. And this is the thing, my friends. I mean, right now we're, we're seeing through it. We're living right through that. It's playing out in dramatic fashion, in fact, with this election. Now, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, I can prove that the Democrats are absolutely cheating their way into the White House. I'm not on the ground. I don't have any inside dope any more than you do. Uh, I can say this. It obviously looks that way. And at the very, very least... You know, we can say that we know they came up with a mail-in ballot scheme that turned the election in Joe Biden's favor, right? We can all agree on that. Let's think about that for a minute. They also dumped billions of dollars of George Soros' money into the big urban areas of this country. Is, is that cheating? Well, it seems like it's giving an advantage to the other side. Lots of things had to be done, in other words, in order for old Uncle Joe to win. And imagine if things were turned around, if they were reversed. Imagine if Donald Trump had devised an 11th hour ballot harvesting scheme that suddenly put him in the lead. <laughs> you think that maybe people would be a little upset about that in the, in the media? I think so. And the other thing is, I mean, does anyone question that this party of death, the party that campaigned on the right, the fundamental right to terminate the lives of unborn babies, does anybody question that such a party would indeed cheat their way into the White House if they thought they could get away with it? Well, of course they would. Of course they would. They would because they have no moral code. And they're proud of that fact. I'm not even being pejorative. That's what they're proud of. That's what they campaign on. They insist that the moral, Christian moral code that you and I live by is intolerant and it's hateful, right? We're going to criminalize it pretty quick. You know, they deny the rights of God. They deny the that God even exists. They tear down the Ten Commandment monuments outside of the courthouses, right? They want to defund the police because they don't even accept a civil legal code of behavior anymore, and certainly they don't want anybody enforcing that. 
in their public schools. They've been teaching kids to break the moral law and the natural law at every level for decades. They want to let criminals out of jail. They reject the rules of legal immigration. They want rules for nothing. Essentially what they're preaching is that doing whatever we want to do should become the whole of the law, <laughs> which is the essence of Satanism, isn't it? So when you think about it in that way, the big news today would be if the Democrats didn't cheat in these elections. They are baby killers. Of course they're cheaters. And the bottom line is this, that with all of our technology and all of our computer models and all of our enlightened wokeness, we as a society have lost the basic essential sense of decency, of right and wrong, of moral integrity, without which society has no hope of remaining civilized. And that's what we're doing right now. This is an election as a country in chaos because we don't have the moral law to guide us times like this. Joe Biden is a reprobate by definition. He's a Catholic kid from the neighborhood, isn't he? Just like we were. We, we are. We grew up. He knew his faith. He knew his catechism. He knew his God, what his church taught, right? And over the course of his life, he has rejected all of it. And after that, a man such as Joe Biden is capable of every treachery and betrayal imaginable. He has no conscience. But friends, what I want to do tonight is not just run down the Joe Biden, the list of Joe Biden's faults and failures and everything else. First of all, I don't know how long he's going to last if he makes it into the White House. I think he's going to pass on very, very soon thereafter because he's obviously in his dotage. Um, but I want to, what I want to talk about is <clears throat> encourage us, no matter what happens now, they're recounting, they're questioning, there's going to be some legal challenges and so forth. No matter what happens, let's not lose sight of the really, really important big picture. We may have lost to this battle. We don't, we don't know yet. But let's keep in mind that we have not lost the war. Far from it. In fact, something truly amazing is happening right now. Let's look at that. Let's console ourselves with this. The whole world, as we talked about in the last program, the entire world was standing against the re-election of Donald Trump, right? Don't you see? From the United Nations to the Vatican to the swamp creatures to mainstream media to a thousand little Jimmy Martins to a million rhinos all the way down to the mob in the street and the demons in hell. <laughs> We're standing against Donald Trump. This is why the idea that it was going to be a landslide was unthinkable to me. That's what he was up against. And remember, this is after four years of, the, of Russiagate and the Ukraine situation and uh, an impeachment and 24-7 propaganda on the TV. Trump's a racist. Trump's a xenophobe. Trump's a liar. Trump's a moron. And even after all that, friends, and here's where it gets encouraging for us, even after all that, Trump, the racist, you know, he just won big in South Florida with Hispanics and blacks in record numbers. He won the loyalty and really the love of half the country. If you think about that, Joe Biden, I mean, we're, we're losing a very fatherly figure. We're not losing a politician if Trump loses. Is Joe Biden, that shaky old man, going to instill the same sort of confidence when we face things like COVID and economic collapse and everything else? I don't think so. I don't think so. This isn't going to work out well for the other side either. So Trump, Trump did all that. You know, even the Catholic vote looks to have gone for Trump this time. Even the Catholic vote 
sorry, Pope Francis, but nobody's listening to you anymore. Thank God for that. I mean, Trump has outed Francis, too. The whole Trump phenomenon has really outed what's going on in the Vatican as well. So I would say, friends, we, did, we didn't lose. I know it's tough. I know we're all, we're all trying to get through this right now. None of us got any sleep, that's for sure. We prayed an awful lot, and in God's will, for whatever reason, we're looking like we probably are going to see a, at least a long haul and maybe a defeat here. But we still won in the long term, in the long run. Trump has remade that pathetic Republican Party, for which I refused to vote when they were running Romney and McCain's back, on, back in the day. He's turned that Republican Party into a pro-life, pro-God, pro-family, pro-blue-collar working American party that took the best shot now from George Soros and his millions and his minions. Took the best shot these guys had to offer. But guess what? We're still standing. They're still debating this election. After all of that, <laughs> we're still standing. What does that tell you? It should tell you that our movement now is much more. And I've been getting calls, beautiful calls and emails, from, even from Protestant friends saying, well, we've we got to get together here. We've got we to gotta have some, some, uh, some strategy. We've got to work. We've got to unite. You know, nobody's giving up, friends. We're sad. We're distressed by this. We're worried. We're concerned that the challenges are going to fail. But our movement is much more powerful than even we thought it was. And I guess it took a guy like Donald Trump to show us that, to make us realize that. Because remember this, friends. Donald Trump was not one of us. You never Trumpers out there, you never stopped reminding us of that, did you? He's bad. He's weak on LGBT. He's married three times. He's just a bad guy. <laughs> we said a thousand times in return, yeah, Trump isn't the second coming of Jesus Christ. You remember me saying that? He's not Charlemagne. He's not Garcia Moreno. <laughs> but you know what he is? Trump reminds me of Constantine. You know, he's the man of the world who looked out at all of us, scattered ragtag army, <laughs> looked out at all of us, and guess what he saw? He saw a cross in the sky under the words, in hoc signo vinces, in the sign thou shalt conquer, didn't he? And then he crossed the Milvian Bridge, he shook our hands, and he joined our cause. That's all it took to put the whole world globalist movement into a panic attack. See, because Trump recognized the awesome power and the potential of our godly coalition, our united Christian clans, and he was not afraid to stand with us. And together, we set the world on fire for four years. He terrified them. He changed international policy. You guys like Jeff Sachs and Francis and the United Nations in a panic. Not because he's one of us, but because he decided to join us to join our army, to take the slings and arrows that we've been taking all of our lives, to take those himself. And that's why the demons hate him so much. Because he said, these people have a point. These are good people. I'm going to stand with them. And that, combined with the fervor of faith and love and hope that we have in this movement worldwide, was enough to really, really rock the world for a while. Ivanka Trump the daughter of Trump, just announced days before the election that she's unapologetically pro-life now, that becoming a mother has changed everything. Now, why does she do that? 
They already had the pro-life vote, the Trump administration, Trump camp. They didn't, she didn't need to do that. If she's got a political career, if she's a compromised person, she certainly wouldn't have done that right before the election because now she's said that. She's on the record. I truly believe that we're seeing what we're seeing with, with family Trump is that they've now seen the demons disguised as the liberals that they used to run with. They're seeing, to some extent, what we've seen for a long, long time. That these, what they're up against is evil. And again, the Trump family's not going away. The longer that, that, that Trump agreed to stand with us, the more he began to resemble us. The more he was eager to speak the words Jesus Christ in public and so forth, right? He was becoming more truly, truly conservative. Not just economically or fiscally conservative, but truly conservative as time went on. Because, as I say, he saw what we're up against, what we're all up against. And this movement now put the fear of the Lord in the city of man more so than I've seen it in my entire life. I feel like we're better off right now, despite the hardship and disappointment. We're better off right now than we were with the, when the confused war hawk neocons like George W. Bush were out there. We were very, very divided at that point. Not so right now. Not so right now. And that's important. That's what the thing that we build on. So maybe we're going to lose this election because of dirty tricks and cheating on the other side. But that won't change the fact that we put the world on notice, friends. Don't forget this. Tell this. Spread, spread this around. We put the world on notice that God is not dead. That he lives in us. That he lives in our families. That he lives in our unborn children. And that we will fight to the death for him. And for any politician, for anyone who's willing to call out his name in the face of a neo-pagan world. And you see, Trump called out his name, didn't he? Remember the first Christmas when he said, Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're not going to hear that from a President Biden, believe me. Trump took a risk. Trump was saying the right things. He was saying the name. It should cause, as the Bible says, should cause all knees to bend and heads to bow. He called out the name many times. And all hell turned against him because of that. You see, he also showed that Christ wins elections, that Christians can win elections in America. That's, not, that's just amazing, friends. European brothers and sisters are looking over here. They're just amazed that a guy who was representing Christians was winning, not only in America, but was terrorizing the whole rest of the globalist pagan world by standing with Christianity. You see? The Trump phenomenon exposed demons then, disguised as Democrats, who came flying out against him, ripped off their masks and showed us exactly what they're doing. Frauds. He exposed the frauds posing as conservatives. He exposed the wolves dressed as Catholic shepherds from here to the Vatican. They all had to come out. They all had to expose themselves, remove their, their, their masks, show the world what they really are. And we all know that now, and that can't be undone. We know exactly what's going on, thanks to the Trump phenomenon, especially with the Vatican. And essentially, friends, what we have, we have clarity. No matter what happens, we have blessed clarity. We're unified. We get it. We agree on what, what has to be done, who the enemies are. We know exactly who the enemy is and where we got to go to fight him. We didn't have that ten years ago. Heck, we didn't have that six years ago. We have it now. And for this, for that clarity, we got to thank God. And we got to thank that imperfect and flawed champion of the deplorables like us, Donald J. Trump. No matter what happens, thank God for him.
thank God this happened. Our little ragtag army and the guy from Celebrity Apprentice literally scared the hell out of the enemies of the cross over the past four years, and I don't think he's going anywhere. We'll come up with something else. The network is formed, the strategies, the alliances are formed, and we're going to fight. This isn't over. Joe Biden is a broken old man, and half the nation is united firmly against this guy. His, le his election, his victory is being contested. He will be a lame duck president to some extent. And dear Kamala is an untested and unlikable political hack. You want a prediction? I'll give you a prediction. The nation will vomit Kamala Harris out of their mouths before this is over. In 2024, it's going to be very, very interesting. Remember, <laughs> this is not over. And we're kind of used to this, aren't we? We know what the the answer ultimately is not going to be Donald Trump. The uh, all, all, the answer ultimately is to go back to God, return to God, really, truly, and fully, not just rely on the American president to go out and fight for us. We have to become the church militant again. And being afraid is nothing new for us. Heck, I grew up as a child of the Cold War, where the communists were putting millions of people to death in gulags all over the world, and we always thought they were going to come. You know, we're hiding out in the woods half the time, preparing, you know, learning how to shoot and hunt and, and defend ourselves, worry about the communists. We grew up that way. They were always coming for us, but they never made it. Why? Because their empire collapsed before they ever got here, <laughs> right? And we kept the faith. They failed. And evil, power-hungry men and, and movements just don't last that long. They always end up devouring themselves, especially not in the face of an army now, like ours, willing to die for something much larger than life, something real, something sublime, something holy. God, family, and life, the things that have sustained civilization for thousands of years, the things that the pathetic waifs out in the streets of America right now do not have. That's why they look like they do, because they got nothing to live for. We not only have something to live for, we have something to fight for, something to die for. And we're, and we're going to despair and get into the fetal position because we lost one election, an election that has revealed the fact that we actually pose a threat to the world. Friends, we need to get up now. We need to get up and we need to fight. And remember this, just because the globalists want to build their stupid Tower of Babel, <laughs> that doesn't mean they're going to succeed, especially when they have no stories, they have no creed, they have no culture, they have no God to sustain any of it. All they have is hate and rebellion and murder and death and rejection of God, the God of our fathers, who history shows us always wins in the end friends don't be discouraged trump's not going away anyway and neither are the pickup trucks and the flags and the boats and the millions of americans who are absolutely woke to the new world order and to the demons that want to build it thanks to what happened over the course of the past four years in god's providence <laughs> And the enemy at this point is confused. They're babbling already. 
You see, because Trump has driven the neo-Catholics and the neocons over to the other side of the field where they belong since the beginning, leaving the other side open, leaving it open to the children of light to stand against the children of darkness with nothing and nobody blocking their advance into this crusade to end all crusades. We talked last time about the honor of it. It is an honor. This crusade, being a part of it, being woke, knowing what the truth is, having clarity... <laughs> is a gift from God, and we've got it. Millions of Americans, they don't want this Christless chaos in the streets. The demons are promising more of the same in the future. They don't want this. There's an urgency on the part of so many people now to turn back to God to say, we did something wrong as a nation. You know, as the sleeping giant of pro-life, pro-God, pro-country America is starting to wake up and preparing to fight. And that, friends, truly is morning in America. Biden, Pelosi, Francis, Soros, Gates, they got money, they got power. <laughs> That's all they got. They have no answer for us which is why they're reduced to cheating at elections to try to overcome what's happening, to try to overcome our movement, to try to overcome you, all of us. I am so proud at this moment of what has been accomplished by the children of light. I am so proud to stand with you, to stand with this remnant of deplorables and their God and their Bibles and their guns. And we're going to hold this holy ground. We're going to take our country back, friends. Keep the faith. Keep praying. Unite the clans. Proclaim the kingship of Christ with joy. And thank God for the past four years. For Donald Trump. And for the national awakening that is the terror now of globalists everywhere. Archbishop Carlo Maria Viano has asked us to join him in praying, for, even for the election recount right now, and for the lawsuits that are inevitable. I'm going to put the link down there in the description below so you can join us in that. Join us and see just exactly how and when to join Archbishop Viano in these praying, especially to Our Lady at this dark time, since again, this is not over in any sense of the word. And essentially, again, my final thought no matter what happens, friends, <clears throat> no matter what happens with this election, we are awake, we are aware, and we're ready to fight. And we've kept the faith, despite their best efforts to destroy it. We're going to get through this. As we said last time, if God is with us, who really cares who's against us? We're going to get through this. I'm Michael Matt for the TV. God bless you. Keep, be of good cheer. And we'll see you next week. Okay, that was uh, Michael Matt. You can go check on YouTube, uh, The Remnant Video, um, Remnant Television. Uh, they're pretty cool, and uh, they make some interesting good reports. They really do. They make great reports. Uh, it's one of the things I listen to, I get my uh, news from, as well as uh, Church Militant, as well as uh, LifeSite News. Uh, those are the, really the best ones right now. Uh, really, um, they're, they're, they're independent. What makes them really good is that they're independent. They're not, um, under any particular bishop. 
uh, the USCCB or any of those. Uh, they're independent uh, news, and that's what makes them important. There's also one Peter five, uh, but they're sort of small, and uh, you know, Taylor Marshall is independent. Timothy Gordon, um, I think they're 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 very important. You know, they're very important because I think that they they develop. I think what I what I believe is a Catholic community, <clears throat> a Catholic community on YouTube on the internet and also i think it gets it really tells you it really says a lot of what's going on out there beyond the bishops the bishops are out of touch that's what michael matt is showing you they're out of touch they're out of touch of really a real working class orthodox catholics people who are catholic and they're not taking advantage of this because of corruption of money i think the organization of the usccb is bloated and i think it's corrupt it has you know this infiltration which everybody admits happened everybody admits has been going on uh such as uh like which taylor marshall has pointed out it is been you know there's been an, an, a corruption, and this corruption's been going on for years, and nobody's paying attention to it. Francis is a sign of that corruption. Pope Francis, sadly, does not represent the faith. We should pray for him. He is Pope, but he is a result of an establishment, deep state church, which is secular humanist and globalist but not in any way orthodox all right you know sort of like it coddles weakness it coddles sin i know you're i know you're weak and i know you can't you know you can't achieve grace but I'm going to accept you and embrace you in your weakness and in your sinfulness. And you don't have to change. Why should you change? It's things like that. It's, it's not asking people to change. It's not asking people to repent. The gospel says repent. Repent or face the day of judgment. Telling a Accepting a person in their sinful state is not right. So uh, these are the things we should we have to keep in contact with. These are the organizations. These are the the groups that help uh, that help me a lot. The remnant I think is great. Church Militant is great. Life Sight News is great. Doctor Taylor Marshall is great. Timothy Gordon I think is great. Uh, I'll introduce to you a little bit of. Uh, um, Ralph Martin, no, no relations to James Martin. Uh, he's uh, more uh, about prayer and spirituality, which I think is very important because we need to pray. And to and he also just came out with a book called The Church in Crisis, um, which I'm hoping to get the Kindle version soon, um, basically. And it's it is great. He also uh, wrote uh, another book about prayer which i think is very important that's another thing we can't do any of this you can't um because you could listen to all the news and the news sometimes can be overwhelmingly and negative 
But if you don't have a proper prayer life, you have to read the scriptures. Uh, uh, you have to read the scriptures. And I want to do something on uh, reading scripture uh, to help out, to try to share with everybody how you can uh, do this. Because we're not priests, obviously. We're not monks. We're not nuns. We don't live in a, uh, in a monastery. But, uh, you know, it's when we are we are still geared we're still made to worship and we're still made for spirit for communion spiritual communion as well as receiving the body and blood of christ which is also very important the 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 soul and divinity the real presence of our lord in the holy eucharist at mass that's something we have to receive because our lord left that for us because we need that we need to feed both our bodies and souls with holy communion and that's something we need. And we should go to church. The people like Andrew Cuomo and a lot of these Democrats, they want to shut the churches down because they know, because the devil knows that we need to go to church. And God help us if if Joe Biden goes in there, they'll do a six-week shutdown. You know, I mean... I don't know what that's going to do to people. I mean, again, the, to continue this into 2021, I hope not. I mean, you know, that's that's why I'm praying that he, that this the that this corruption, the electoral, the election corruption will 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 reveal the, uh, the problem, and God willing, it does. So I'm going to end it here, and uh, I'll come back again later on with more news, more commentary, and. Um, God bless folks and keep praying. Keep praying. Those of you who are Catholic, pray your rosary. Everybody read your Bible. God bless and we'll be back together again soon.